and we'll welcome you in to another edition of Racing Roundup here on the Juniata County Radio Podcast Network. This week, bringing you a special show here. We brought a guest. He, you can hear him on the Dirt Reporters Podcast. You can read all of his stuff on Dirt on Dirt or on FlowRacing.com. He follows super late models across the country. He also does regional work here in central Pennsylvania, Hagerstown, Virginia, with sprint car racing as well as super late models in this area as well. It is Kyle McFadden joining us on this week's edition of Racing Roundup. Kyle sat down to talk with us about all things in his career, how he got his start, and what his life is like out on the road, as well as some of his thoughts on all the news that has broken here over the past week with the acquisition of the All-Star Circuit of Champions by Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, um, as well as just dirt track racing in central Pennsylvania and across the country. So we'll take a quick break, step away into some of these ads, and then we will get right into the interview with Kyle McFadden. Once upon a time, in a little town called Mexico, Pennsylvania, a man named John decided to start a car lot. The details may be a little fuzzy, but John believed in a dedicated sales staff, a no-hassle, no-pressure approach, and expert mechanics who could get your car running in a jiffy. Today, there is still a car dealership in the town of Mexico, PA. It still bears the name of John H. Schaefer. Even though it's now the third generation of leadership, the mechanics prefer to be called technicians these days, but you'll still find that no pressure, top quality approach with each and every customer. John H. Schaefer Dodge, William Penn Highway, Mexico. On your way to the races, stock up with a stop at Royal Beverage. Check out the huge selection of beers, IPAs, seltzers, and wine coolers, as well as fast, easy in-and-out service. Take the Port Royal exit off Route 322. Hang a right at Rudders. Go about 100 yards, and it's the big red barn on your left. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 9, and Sunday, 11 to 5. Stay up to date on specials and new items on the Royal Beverage Facebook page. As a highly paid professional voice artist, I don't have time for these smart aleck kid producers who keep interrupting my voice art. Here he comes now. Watch me turn the tables on him. Ready to record the new John H. Schaefer radio spot? Actually, I'm producing this one, and you're recording. Oh, cool. The easy job. John H. Schaefer Dodge has cars, trucks, vans, crossovers, and so Wait, just one second. Cut. Everyone knows that it's nearly impossible to get new cars these days. Got it. John H. Schaefer Dodge has a nice selection of used cars and can custom order a new vehicle to suit your needs. Hold it, hold it. You can't just make up things and make it sound good. Who's making it up? I was just there. Custom ordered a new Jeep. It's awesome. This way I get to pick the way I want. Ready to record? Just do it yourself, these know-it-all brats. Schaefer's closes in half an hour. Maybe I can make it in time. John H. Schaefer Dodge, William Penn Highway, Mexico. Discover Old Port's Hidden Gem. Turbot Back 40 is the gift shop with snacks. Need a gift or maybe just a wardrobe update? Check out the different shirts, fine leather concealed carry purses, handmade jewelry, and wallets for both men and women. Turbot Back 40 has a large variety of Emma's gourmet popcorn and snacks, as well as gourmet hot sauces and wing sauces ranging from no kick to a kick in the stomach. Plus, there are spices, dressings, dips, home decor, handmade gifts from various local artists, and more. Check them out on Facebook or stop by Thursdays between 1 and 5, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from 10 to 4. Turbot Back 40 at 25834 Route 75 Port Royal, just one mile away from the racetrack. Old Port's hidden gem. So thank everyone again for joining us here. 
I'm Brad Strasser, your host here for Racing Roundup here during this off-season edition. And we got a special guest with us here, as we like to do here for these episodes. We're going to bring in Kyle McFadden of Flow Racing. Um, Some of you may know him. I picked up on Kyle when I first met him. I actually followed him on Twitter. He was he was really popular to me on Twitter before I started working in the racing scene. He put out some really good tweets. He's following the racing scene. Kyle, appreciate you joining us here. Um, just to kick things off, for those of you who don't, you know, maybe haven't read your writing or haven't seen you on Twitter like myself or on social media, yeah, Brad, why don't you tell us who you are? Thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure when I get to see Brad Strauser at uh, Port Royal Speedway. So, um yeah. So you mean I've, uh, so long story short, or, um, I work for flow racing. I'm, I'm full-time, uh, I'm a journalist and do, uh, mostly, um, uh, you know, writing and reporting and, uh, do a little bit of camera work and stuff, but most of the work I do is, uh, uh, on the written front. And so, uh, just like chasing down stories at the racetrack, um, breaking news just like anything to 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 be the source right of racing news and stories and uh just the hub of of information in the dirt racing world and so um i am a staff writer too for dirt on dirt.com which is owned by flow racing so uh most of my races i get out to are are the the national dirt late model events um i do some regional races like this past year i uh did the appalachian mountain speed week uh the eight race uh mini series there so but for the most part i get out to the national dirt late model touring races and then also to uh our beloved sprint cars so uh get get to do both (laughs) and so uh you don't really see that too often with uh you know somebody kind of dabbling or, or have their feet in both worlds, the sprint car and dirt late model world. But uh, I love them both and just love dirt racing uh, on the whole. So, yeah. Man. So how did you, how did you get started in first was, I guess we can just go writing in general. How did you get into journalism? Um, and then what about, you know, I think some people maybe view, guys or girls that go to journalism school or whatever, maybe they're focusing on following the NFL or following major league baseball. So what about dirt racing took yeah, your interest? So I always grew up a fan of dirt track racing. You know, my dad took me from as long as I can remember to the races. And, uh, I, I went to Hagerstown speedway a lot in Maryland. Um, I live in Frederick, Maryland. So, um, that's like two ish hours South of, Port Royal, and then uh, also spent a lot of Saturday nights at, at Winchester Speedway in Virginia. So um, I was very, very familiar with dirt racing um, just by going to the races as a kid growing up. And so, but I didn't get involved in in the writing and reporting until my senior year of high school, and, and that was uh, 2014. So uh, I uh, got involved with my high school newspaper. Back in uh, January of 2014, that was my last semester of grade school ever. And so, and at, at that point, I was looking to look into work in like the engineering field or something along the lines of engineering, even though I didn't, didn't uh, think that it'd be a fit for me. It just didn't feel right. I was, I was searching 
for career paths, let's just say back in back in my senior year of high school. And I was just trying a bunch of stuff and uh, didn't really have any expectations as to where journalism would go. I would just want to just wanted to give it a shot um, back in high school and just see how I would like it. You know, you 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 have to to really love writing and the writing process. And so but uh, that's where that all started was back in high school. And one thing just led to the next, honestly. And it's, it's, this it's, is, this is my, my 10th year of writing and reporting on some level. And so even though like, this is, this is my second year working for Flow Racing, um, you know, those, those, those eight years before I, I started working for Flow, uh, well, if I back that up even more from 20, 2015 through 2018, I covered a lot of high school sports, a lot of college sports on a freelance basis for a lot of different newspapers uh, in my area in Maryland and just in the metropolitan area. I even had opportunities to write for the Washington Post, written for the Baltimore Sun. I wrote a lot for the Baltimore Sun during those years. And so uh, had a chance to do a story on Cal Ripken once and um, also went to two NCAA tournaments too during that time. Uh, men's college basketball. Uh, I, I was courtside for UMBC Virginia, uh, the first ever 16-1 upset in the in the March Madness tournament. That was that was unbelievably epic. Um, but I cut my teeth in high school sports. And so for a good, good six years, five, six years. And so, um, and then also too, during that time, so like, you know, long story short, somebody who's trying to break into like myself back in high school, I get out of high school back in May of 2014 and I uh, felt like I'd found something with, with writing, but didn't really know what to do with it or, you know, where to go next. And, I was fortunate to start freelancing for my local paper here in Frederick, Maryland called the Frederick News Post. And so um, that is that is where I learned, you know, how to report, ask questions and to basically, you know, go into these high school sporting events with nothing really to work off of. Uh, you have to go in and and and, uh, you know, find out what you're getting into and and dig into the stories and, and find your own stories to write on your own, you know? And um, so that's, that's where that really all started um, for me. And I've just, I've, I've always loved to write. I've always loved to tell stories and, and uh, really get to the heart of the story really like no matter who I'm writing about or what sport it is. And definitely for a long time there, as I was in the stick and ball world, um, you know, cause I didn't, I didn't really get involved in, in, in the racing. Um, I did a little bit of freelance work for the Herald mail. That's the Hagerstown newspaper. I did some stories from Hagerstown speedway. It was starting in 2018. So that was really when I entered into the racing, uh, just like auto racing journalism. Um, but really for the longest time there, I, I was trying to, you know, break on to like the NFL, beat reporting or let's just like major league baseball. Like when I had got my foot in the door with like the Baltimore sun, 
you know, I was, I was, was had intentions on wanting to, to work, work my way up from the freelance role that I was in to maybe write about the Orioles or the Ravens one day. And so, but, you know, things have, things have changed. And, um, and so it was uh, just a long, a long journey to get to where I'm at now, but basically like long story short, I, 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 uh, back in like 2019, right before COVID hit, um, I had actually gotten out of writing. Then wasn't, I was trying to land a full-time job, but nothing really made sense. And I, I was freelancing for like since 2014 up till then. So, um, didn't complete my college degree. Like mind you, like I don't, I don't have a journalism degree or just like any of that. I was trying to make it basically as a freelancer. And so um, back in, in 2019, went back to school, back to Frederick uh, Community College, back where I live here in Maryland. And I was uh, pursuing teaching, teaching and basketball coaching. And so had uh, wasn't sure that the whole writing thing was going to work out. Um, so needed to, to change paths. And, um, you know, once COVID hit in March of 2020, um, teaching wasn't going to work out for me then either. I had at, at least in the foreseeable future, you know, like nobody really knew what was, what was going to happen after COVID. And so I'm like, well, now what? And so um, I remember what what started, what really put myself into the racing world um, to get to where I'm at today, like was so Lincoln Speedway, they they had that um, that first race back during COVID, you know, like when all the tracks were shut down for probably two months up to that point. And so it was uh, last week in May and uh, Lincoln decided just to have that one-off race. And I don't think anybody really knew what was going to happen that night. You know, those people or people in central Pennsylvania who follow sprint cars know which race I'm talking about. And so uh, I reached out to speed sport um, basically like they had no idea who I was <laughs> and I'm just like, Hey guys, like, uh, there's this race going on at Lincoln Speedway. Uh, I'm a, I'm a dirt track fan and have a journalism background and I have nothing else to do just like everybody else going on in the world. Um, would you guys be interested if I went to this race and turned around some kind of story and they said, yeah, why not? So I went and, uh, really not having any expectations that night as to, as to really, <laughs> as to, uh, you know, what was going to come out of it. It was just a one-off night, a one-off race and shoot. I mean, you know, the cops are, are just like local law enforcement could have easily showed up to try to sh shut the race down. Right. Cause it was like the height of COVID, but, um, but no, that's where that all started. Turned in a story there on Brian Monteith. He won that night and, and uh, one thing led to the next, you know, racing kicked off and 
central PA that year during COVID and tracks were reopening and I had uh, caught the wave at the right time. And so that's, that's where that all started. Um, then left speed sport end of 2021 um, to take this job now with flow. So kind of the roundabout long-winded answer, but that's, that's where we're at. No, I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, we were kind of looking for was the come up of, of Kyle McFadden. Um, so with flow now, now, obviously you covered, you know, in, in central Pennsylvania, that first race at Lincoln, uh, central Pennsylvania is known for sprint car racing. Um, obviously you, you've got your, your hands in all the pots of dirt track racing practice here. I think between, uh, covering a lot of late models, um, and then doing, you followed the high limit sprint car series. You were a writer for that. You did some one-off events regionally as well. Um, but you've gotten to travel all over the country. Um, so you've seen all the different kinds of tracks. I think, you know, here in central PA, where the large portion of listenership is here, you know, we've got Sealands Grove, we've got Williams Grove, we've got Port Royal, we've got Lincoln, we've got Path Valley, we've got dirt tracks within a stone throw. What do you see in the differences of dirt track racing when you go out to North Dakota, to South Carolina, to Georgia, into the South, what's the difference between what we have here in central PA to dirt track racing, you know, a few borders across? Yeah. Uh, Well, first and foremost, the facilities in central Pennsylvania are by far and wide the nicest of any, any contingent of racetracks. I mean, I I would put PA at, at, at the top. Like if you're ranking regions, um, facilities alone, Port, Port Royal, Lincoln, Baps, Williams Grove, Sealands Grove, even too. Um, I would even Bridgeport now. I mean, even though technically Bridgeport is in New Jersey, I mean, it's, it's right across the PA line. Um, I would absolutely uh, say that the facilities are number one um it doesn't get better than uh, what we have in central pennsylvania and so um it's just like i don't think i don't think people in central pa really know how good they have it um those who have been outside of the region like i have uh for sure know like what i'm talking about and so um and also like the passion too race fans are so passionate um in central Pennsylvania, like, like I wouldn't like, I, I mean, like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without, you know, the central PA sprint car scene. I mean, that's, it was uh, instrumental and into, into, into where I'm at now, even though I'm covering mostly dirt late models on a national basis. I just think like the, the following um, alone in central Pennsylvania, I mean, like, when I was working at speed sport, like, like I had got my foot in the door there as a freelancer, but then worked my way up to earn a full-time job, you know, because of the value that they had saw with all the stories that had fallen into my lap and stories that I had written just by going to mostly central PA sprint car races and just being invested and being rooted and the PA sprint car scene. And, and, and so, I mean, there's so much value there 
and um you know just the people too i mean it's uh it's uh i don't think so like in dirt late models the central pa sprint car scene equivalent to in dirt late models on a on the regional basis or on the regional front would have to be illinois or down in the south but if we're speaking of one state i'd have to say illinois um and 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 so um what is so unique about all the tracks out in the midwest you know they have that black dirt and so um obviously you know fans of fans of sprint car racing associate that black dirt with with knoxville raceway and 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 so uh just just like being able to go out and um see all of the different you know racetracks all across the country and uh once you really get out and and, and see what's in the world um it definitely my appreciation for for pennsylvania has has grown even more even though i don't i don't come back around as much as i used to just because i'm out and about so much more but i would have to say there you know or have to say you know the facilities the people the following uh there's really there's really no other region well really no other region like it i would say what what would you say you've learned with going out on on the road out in the tour you know from when you first started when you've really hit the ground running in in 2020 with covid what's maybe the biggest lesson since you've gone full-time here with flow and, and dirt on dirt and on the tour um you know whether that be about yourself dirt track racing super late models sprint cars any of that yeah in the life on the road the is is uh it it will it's very i mean it's it's a dream job don't get me wrong i mean it's it's like once like i've always wanted to be where i'm at now and so like i'm very thankful for that but it's also it it's a lot too you know like people people think like once you break into i guess where i'm at now or just like working in auto racing you know they like 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 life stops for them and they don't have to work a day like in their life and they have an, an, an easy ride, you know, <laughs> once they get the, once they get the job that they've always wanted. And, and that's not true at all. Um, it's, it's a lot. I mean, to, to travel, I mean, I'm, I may hit 30 States this year, you know, it's crazy in one year. Uh, I met, 20 well after next week i'll be at 27 you know because i'm going to the world finals down in charlotte next week so um just like managing your time and the workload and and just being active in uh chasing stories and just being in in touch with the with what's going on in the racing world um and so but that's the fun part too you know is is being in the know or trying to get yourself into the know and, uh, you know, just with a younger person like myself, you, you have to, to, to earn people's trust and that takes time. And so just like being patient with that too, you know, it's crazy. Like next year is going to be my fifth, my third at flow starting in March, but my fifth in total. 
So, and I just feel like I'm just now like building or just now um, rounding to pretty solid, healthy, like relationships uh, for the most part in the auto racing world, just by being around, you know, longer. And, um, and so, and just really, yeah, really valuing people's words, you know, and, and trying to make yourself as credible as you can. And so, I mean, those are the intangibles, you know, if I back it up to the high school sports reporting days that, that, that had been instilled in me. And so, um, I mean, yeah, like next year's be my, or this is my 10th year, just like writing and reporting. So like, I've always had that, I feel like to, uh, just like, um, my foundation. And so, but in the auto racing world, you know, you, you, you have to build those relationships, you know, you, you have to be curious. You, you, you have to want to get to know people. Um, and uh, whether you want to or not, you know, you, that's my job and my duty to, to hear people out and to hear people's stories and to, from all, from all kinds of uh, deferring opinions and, and, you know, you just have to sit and listen to people with what they have to say. And so, um, and yeah, so, um, and, and, and try to tell stories from as many different angles as possible. Um, so yeah, but it's, um, life on the road is for sure, uh, super fun. It's exhilarating to, to be able to go out and do this for a living. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to do anything else, honestly. Uh, but it's also, it's challenging. Uh, it's really grown me a, a lot and, um, definitely want to be in this for as long as I can, you know? Uh, I'm 27, um, and I, I I would love to do it for at least another 20 years, if not 30. You know, so um, yeah, I I just try to try to um, try to uh, bring bring the people everything they need to know just about all the racing, about their favorite drivers, you know, news, and and so staying it staying in the know um, and just being in touch you know that's the most important part so we've we've touched on it a little bit here it's been in the news a lot this week with the high limit sprint car series the acquisition of the all-star circuit mm -hmm. of champions there's a lot of facts coming up on that I, i'm sure either yourself or your team is just doing digging on that you know with that being on flow and everything um what i want to talk to you about it is i've been interested in the discourse that that's taken place the conversation that's taken place around it um, this has been something that has been talked about a lot, um, over months. Um, you know, I heard the first rumor of it, February, 2023, like early this year was the first whisperings that I heard of it. Um, you know, and at that time it was just a rumor and then obviously it came to feel more and more real until this week. Um, but it wasn't as, I think from my perspective, as, 100% everybody jumping for joy. I knew that, you know, those people who worked with the all-star circuit of champions, it was, you know, a rough situation for them. But even from the fan mm -hmm. perspective, there is fear a little, little bit because we've seen the challenges of different competing series um, that go up to compete against the world of outlaws and, and, you know, do this national mm -hmm. tour thing. My, my question is for you, what do you see in terms of, 
challenges because there's a lot we don't know about the high limits acquisition yet. They said that those facts are going to come out later and, and we'll hear them come out when they come out. Um, what fears do you see that are valid coming from fans or coming from different drivers, you know, people that you've connected with? Um, you know, is this something that you feel like everybody should be more excited about or is that fear, you know, valid? Is there is there right to be just a little bit nervous about what 2024 is going to look yeah, like? Yeah, I mean, starting off with, you know, the All-Stars, I mean, they've been around forever, it seems like, right? I, I mean, they've been around longer than the Outlaws. So whenever a move like that takes place, right, um, it's obviously going to send uh, a seismic shift into the sprint car world, and it's like an earthquake, right? And earthquakes aren't don't seem pleasant at first, but once, uh, once things like – settle down and and uh anxieties like settles and um you know then you start to see see the clear picture and what that clear picture is going to look like is um you know i don't honestly full disclosure i don't even know all of the details (laughs) if i'm just being completely honest um and so but like yeah like i it's um i mean i think there's a number of things, right. That, that, that fans want to know and they will know here. I would say here pretty soon um, Mm -hmm. is that I can say, and, and this isn't even just, uh, um, I mean, this is, I think it's people, people know that like, okay, the high limits sprint car series is not the all-star circuit champions. Right. And, and so it is, um, and, and so I don't even know what the schedule is going to look like next year. Um, but I'd uh, imagine it would be, you know, cause you, you have to think Kyle uh, Larson and Brad sweet. They're from the West coast out in California. You would have to think that uh, the high limit series would be at, at least at some point going out to California. Right. Which is something that the all-stars never did because that wasn't the all-stars. That's just, that wasn't, that's not what they were designed for or designed to be. And so when that said, you know, they really, they really were um, the lifeblood of the Ohio, Pennsylvania, even up, even uh, in New York too, you know, just like the regional racing scene. Um, But so I think there's some, some definite, questions that need to be answered with okay where does that leave states like ohio right where does that leave central pa even though that central pa has has the strongest local contingent regional contingent and all of spring car racing um honestly i think even to it's just there's obviously with a move like this you know um, it's uh, you know some people are worried, but I would say that worry is just a misuse of your imagination. And so I would say that like imagine, imagine, look like this move wouldn't happen if it if if good things weren't on the other end of it. And so I just think that um, um, obviously there's things that, that need to be, that have yet to be seen. Right. And so 
Um, in my experience, because I went, I covered mostly all of the high limit races this year. Um, you know, I, I thought the first year went great, you know, like Jeremy Elliott, he gave uh, an end of the season's report uh, on his website and gave the series a B plus, I think, in, in their first year. So um, I would say about the same B plus A minus. Right. I mean, it's uh, I don't think um, I don't really think it could have gone. I mean, obviously, there's always things that could go better, but um, I thought the racing product was, was great. You know, I think, uh, the series is in good hands. Um, obviously, you know, elephant in the room, is there going to be a split like with the, with the world of outlaws and, and all that just like nonsense. And look like Lucas oil, late model dirt series, the world of outlaw case, late model series, you know, they've coexisted now for, nearly two decades almost um you know and, and and dirt late model racing is better than ever so i would i would like to think that you know why can't that work and why can't that work in sprint cars too right obviously there's there's just more late model drivers and teams and chassis builders and just more it seems like of everything in dirt late model racing but you know why can't we start somewhere in, in in sprint cars but then there's also the conversation too on that on in dirt late model racing that uh, there's a, a a healthy amount of regional racing series too um across the country in dirt late model racing especially down south um in Illinois, there's the Mars Championship Series, which has churned out many now national touring drivers. And so when you're looking at dirt sprint cars, okay, you know, who's the, what's the regional, like what's the, what's the stepping stone or like the AAA baseball equivalent now to getting yourself up to either the Outlaws or uh, now the High Limit Series, you know, um, you know, what's, what's going to fill that what's going to fill the gaps in between. And so you see drivers like Devin Borden move from, you know, Raymond Washington out to central PA because I mean, he's, he's a full-time sprint car driver and he's racing in central PA, you know, because there's, there's, that's either you race in central PA or you go on the all-star circuit of champions, or you run weekly at Knoxville, you know, if you want it to get your way up to that walls. And so, um, but now, you know, where are those chips going to fall? I, I don't, I have, I don't, I have no idea, but um, it's definitely going to, people are going to have answers, some answers here pretty soon, I would say. And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see how, how it all shakes out and, and starts uh, here come February. Yeah, I think one thing with, with, um, your position you probably get, and I know that I get with my position at, at Port Royal is um, everybody wants us to want to have all the answers, you know, everybody wants me. I, I get all the messages. If there's a cloud in the sky, is Port Royal canceling right, today? I'm sure with your connection with flow, you know, in the, sky in the first place, Brad, you know, right. You know, I get that all the time and I'm sure you've gotten over the last couple of months. Hey, when's, when's this high limit 
all-star circuit merger uh, going to happen. So I get it. And sometimes, you know, we know as much as the fans do. Maybe maybe have a little bit more insight, but sometimes we, we don't have that as big inside access as what maybe they hope. Everybody wants to know. Uh, sometimes it's got to, you got to wait for the chips to fall. Um, yeah. but we're running on, we're running on a little time here, um, Kyle. So just to see us out here, where can everybody find your work? What are you doing? Um, what are you doing through the off season? Where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at by Kyle McFadden. So that's just at B Y and then my name. Um, and then Instagram, I'm on Instagram too at Kyle underscore McBuckets. Uh, it's a high school basketball nickname that I haven't left <laughs> or haven't uh, changed or gotten gotten rid of. But um, and then you can find my work on Flow Racing and then also Dirt on Dirt dot com too. Uh, I'm I'm trying to get my personal website rebranded and and redone and so. Um, once that's done, um, I'll be posting that on my social medias too. So, but those are the primary places you can find my work. And so, um, yeah, just, uh, make sure to, to look, uh, look for all of the, uh, upcoming news and, and things that are about to happen too, because there's, there's always bound to be driver changes and switches and, and, and news from about this time up through PRI. So uh, it's about to be a pretty busy uh, six or so weeks. So um, I'll try to try to come in handy. Oh, hey, and also I'll give your give your team a plug here. Something I've been I've been listening to myself. You're a frequent guest, regular on the Dirt Reporters podcast, uh, which I've been trying to get myself immersed more in the late model world, uh, you know, nationally. And I think that's a great place. And um, you can hear Kyle McFadden on that episode as they come out. You can find that on uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, you know some other places as well. But if you want to give get more of Kyle's good insight on on late model racing, you can find him there. But Kyle, appreciate you joining us and um, you know spending some time with us, just talking dirt track racing. Yeah, Brad, thanks, thanks for doing this, dude. You, Brad's a good dude, and uh, Port Royal Speedway is. Look, if we had to give track power rankings, Port Royal is number one, unanimously on my list. Always look forward to getting to Port Royal, and uh, it's always a pleasure. 